Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge Podcast, where we discuss creatives of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, and on this episode, I'm joined by Vanity Fair special correspondent, Anthony Bresnikin, as we discuss phase four of the Marvel Shared Universe. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. This is Rebecca Theodore Vachon. I am the host of the Spectrum Lounge. This is a special edition of the Spectrum Lounge, actually. Um, I'm welcoming my friend and colleague, Anthony Bresnikin, who's a uh, special correspondent for Vanity Fair. Hi, Anthony. Thank you for joining the Spectrum Lounge. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. I love listening to the show, (laughs) as you know, and uh, I listen to you and Robert talk about uh, the show. I do my own podcast, but I love listening to yours, too, and... uh, Thank you thank for having you. me on. This is a big thrill for me to chat with you. Absolutely. No, thank you. I, I really have to thank you for shouting us out because you do the Vanity Fair podcast. What is it? Still watching, right? Still watching. Yeah. Joanna Robinson. Still watching. Yeah. So I, because I, I, I noticed like when I put the the uh, the episode for the second episode, the recap, of the, there was like this spike in listenership. And I was like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> Did somebody retweet it? <laughs> And then that's when my friend Robert was like, oh my God, he gave you a shout out on the Vanity Fair podcast. And I was like, yay, this is cool. I always appreciate (laughs) when you give me a shout out on Twitter. So happy to pay it back. Thank you. So now we, so we're done with, we're done with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're done with WandaVision because each of those shows is basically like, has served as like a launching pad, right? Like with the end of WandaVision, you know, uh, Elizabeth Olsen just finished wrapping up Doctor Strange too. So she will be in, uh, what is that? The multi multiverse of madness, right? Multiverse of madness, yeah. Yeah, so that I think that is the show that's supposed to kick off the multiverse, right? Because they kind of tricked us with Far From Home. It was sort of like ha ha with Jake Gyllenhaal, but there really was no multiverse. He was just a con artist. Yeah. So, so with Doctor Strange two, is that going to be the official um, introduction into the multiverse into the MCU? It sounds like it, and I think okay. I think that that's going to unlock. A lot mm-hmm. of the shows that we and movies that we see going forward, you know, if, if the rumors about the next Spider-Man are to be believed, that right? There's been a lot, <laughs> a yeah, lot of rumors. <laughs> but if it's following the lead of the Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. movie, then oh um, yeah, then we may be seeing these alternate versions of other Spider-Man that are from other mm-hmm. movies. I like I like that. I like the idea that you mm-hmm. can have different characters and over time and yet they're all part of a continuum dc has already yeah. established that in its mm-hmm. uh, storytelling with its right. tv characters and its movie characters and now we're going back right. to you know uh uh characters from movies in the 80s are coming forward to be in current movies mm-hmm. like michael keaton is playing his batman in the flash movie so that is crazy i'm so excited about that i have yeah, to say right? I, I love cool. that yeah but uh, so you know, it, I think yeah. the, the multiverse is going to open up, and we're going to see a lot of things come out of that, and uh, a lot of. Different so, is that how is that how they plan to introduce the Fox properties? Because we know that Disney bought um, Fantastic Four and X Men and Deadpool, like those properties, the Marvel properties that were over it at could, Fox. Is that could be? Uh, mm-hmm. I think my sense is they're going to try to figure out what they can keep and what they can't from. Yeah. Okay. From those movies, because not all of them work so well. It's not like Marvel, mm. where you might have ones that you are your favorites or least favorites, but they all generally kind of fit together. Right. And, you know, everybody loves um, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, 
but mm -hmm. he's kind of aged out of the character in some ways. I mean, and he's yeah, and he died. <laughs> well, not that that means anything in comic book movies. That doesn't mean anything. A thousand times in Marvel, I'd come back. But but yeah, he, but they but, but I think the fact that he died that he gave the character a pretty good conclusion with that. Yeah, uh, that movie Logan, I think, is one reason. Like maybe you let that be, but but mm -hmm. things I agree. or whatever. Like then you're never gonna let let it yeah. go forever you got to bring it back in some way so Everybody, do you see uh, them casting like a younger actor for wolverine like in their multiverse version of, of yeah i could see them saying mm -hmm. we're just going to start a new x-men series and that's what it was and maybe that's right. the multiverse mm -hmm. in whatever the marvel prime universe we're going to create our own x-men i could see that right. happen but they might right. bring bring bits of, in pieces over like like dc is doing with michael keaton uh, everybody thought that was that the multiverse was getting its first uh, its first moment in the sun with Evan Peters playing Quicksilver in WandaVision, but then that turned. That's out what we thought too. They pulled the rugs. I was like, really, guys? All right. Like, why cast him if you're just going to do like a joke off of it? That just yeah. I guess. I mean, well, I mean, they have confirmed the Fantastic Four movie, right? That I think. Uh, the same uh who is it uh the director from the spider-man movies he's also directing yes. uh the the which is interesting because i remember in wandavision when uh monica had said that she had a scientist friend yeah See, wandavision played with our feelings too much okay because number one they gave us that little fake off with evan peters and then when she said that a lot of people were thinking that it was uh, uh mr fantastic they thought it would be reed richards and then that did that even did that storyline even come to fruition? Who was her scientist it, friend? I don't her even scientist remember. Friend, I think was that it was the woman who was like a lieutenant or a general, and and who, ah. gives, who gives her the big <laughs> truck. That oh yeah, we were like, is is she supposed to be somebody in the? All right, okay, so, so Doctor. I think that was a mistake. <laughs> I think they didn't mention who it was because the name yeah. didn't have meaning. It was just like, oh, I have a friend mm -hmm. who, can do, who can help us. Yeah. Everybody was like, ah, I'm going to project Reed Richards onto that. <laughs> I did. I was thinking, because I was thinking it would be either Reed Richards. Uh, I thought maybe it would be Riri Williams, because, you know, they, they announced that uh, Iron They Heart. are going to do a Riri, uh, yeah. an Iron Heart. Uh, do you feel like, because I know that Don Cheadle, speaking, let's let's talk about what's next on the roster as far as like the, the, the TV show. So we have WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier. We know Loki is coming up in june or july right yes yes okay and then when are we supposed to be getting secret invasion the the one with nick fury secret invasion is that's mm. gonna be not quite a movie but rather a series right it's a series right yeah yeah okay i, I think it's think, a series i'm not sure i'm trying to look here and see if yeah have the date on that but i know because they're, they're still casting. I know Olivia <laughs> Coleman was um, cast. Um, but that would be oh, like the a actress scroll. who played Daenerys. Yeah, right. that would be a what? That would be like a scroll story, right? Yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. But then so. Cheadle isn't Cheadle going to star in? Is it Armor? Armor Wars. Yeah, so he's going to have his own series. So I'm feeling like maybe that's when we'll be introduced to Riri Williams through I through Armor Wars. I that think that would be. Yeah, like maybe I'm guessing maybe he'll be a mentor to her of some sort or whatever. But um, I mean, I was glad. I was really happy to see Don Cheadle. I mean, he was in a 
in Falcon and Winter Soldier a lot, but his presence made sense to me. Like he and Sarah being both in the military or whatever, I thought that made sense. So, um, so what's interesting is like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is dealing with this legacy of Steve Rogers. So I'm guessing that Armor Wars is going to be uh, Rhodey tackling Steve's, I mean, uh, Tony's legacy, right? And that's a complicated one. That's going to be messy. <laughs> I'm just definitely, saying. Definitely messy. And you know, Ooh. you mentioned could he be Riri's mentor? Yeah. Like in the comics, Riri mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. a hologram of Tony as her mentor. He is an he is an artificial intelligence. So he's deceased. Wow. In the comics, so we could see Robert Downey Jr. come back and be a mentor. But what I think could be cool huh. is you know, you've got the devil mm -hmm. on one shoulder and the angel on the other. Yeah, yeah. Tony Stark, like you say, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. made a lot of bad choices. Even after he had his his mm -hmm. uh, his epiphany in that yeah. case, and like, I'm going to start doing good and my weapons have caused a lot of pain in the world. He still, he created Ultron. Like, he made a Hello? lot of choices. <laughs> and who's the steady guy like who kind of used the armor and didn't get into trouble you know but just mm. did good with it uh mm. but that was don Cheadle's character you know roadie that's and, the point uh, yeah. you know remember roadie in uh age of ultron when he was at the party he's like you know and i threw the tank and i was like tanks for the memories or whatever he made like some <laughs> dad joke <laughs> like he was he was just out there doing work with his armor yeah. not necessarily yeah. like making a flash or creating uh, a lot of drama so i yeah. think like the notion that riri could have uh you know roadie in mm -hmm. real life saying yo i broke my spine doing this you have to be careful you have to be you you know my friend tony got into all this trouble like he his he got mm -hmm. a little ahead of himself every time he tried to invent something it ended up causing making more problems for him but then you've right. got the artificial intelligence Tony telling her, you know, fly faster, go harder, go, you know, yeah, you know, do be all you can be, right? And yet, mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think those two could be a nice like tug of counterpart. Yeah. I actually like that. I actually like that idea because, yeah, I mean, again, like revisiting Agent Carter, pretty much the whole the the whole point of well, a lot of the episodes when you look at season one, it was about uh, Peggy retrieving these weapons that, that Howard had made, right? Because in the first episode, somebody broke into his mansion. He had a vault with all these weapons of mass destruction and yeah. someone stole it. So pretty much every week was sort of like a MacGuffin type of yeah. episode where Peggy had to retrieve a bomb and this and that, you know what I mean? And watching it again, I was like, yo, Howard Stark was an awful person. Like, yes, he was charming. Yes, he was a ladies man, but it's like, and and the thing is like whenever they would um whenever Peggy would try to you know track down one of these weapons, of course it was in the hands of like Leviathan, right? They were like the new stand-in for Hydra. But Howard would always be like, Oh, but I didn't mean it for that. I didn't mean for the weapon to be used that way. And it was just like, okay, but you made them anyway. Like, like like you're like, let's think about the fact that you wake up in the morning thinking of things to kill people. You know what I mean? And well, so, yeah, you know, and then Tony kind of took that up. And yeah, like you said, I mean, after the first Iron Man, you know, in the first Iron Man, he swore that he wouldn't make that anyway. But 
it was it was still haunting him, right? Because that's how Age of Ultron, because Wanda and Pietro, their, you know, their city was bombed and it was a stark bomb. So that started a whole, you know, thing, right? And then with Ultron and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to Armor Wars. And I'm I am kind of hoping that there will be a more diverse writer's room as far as like black writers and producers, because I kind of want to see Rhodey having to deal with Tony. Like, you know what I mean? Because the relationship with Steve and um with, with Steve and Sam was specific. The relationship with Tony and uh Rhodey is very specific, right? And like you said, how does he feel five years later? Now, like, wow, yeah, I really broke my back trying to protect this guy. You know what I mean? Like, is there gonna be some sort of thought of like maybe our friendship wasn't what I thought it was. Maybe it's a little more toxic than I thought it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. it in the text, right? Because if you watch some yeah. of those early Iron Man movies, Rhodey is always, whether mm -hmm. it's Terrence Howard playing him or Don Cheadle in the second one, in, Don, mm -hmm. in the second one, Don Cheadle and he have that moment where they're testifying in Washington and they're on opposite sides. Yep. Rhodey's his yep. friend. I think Rhodey respects the intellect and the intention. Mm -hmm. But he's mm -hmm. often like, yo, you're going the wrong way. Like you're doing too much. <laughs> doing oh. the doing the least, doing the most for the least. <laughs> you know, and yeah, Don Cheadle is such a great actor that he brings he those is. to to the character. Like you can tell mm -hmm. he's wrestling with it. He's like, How do I use this armor for good? Right. How do I do the right thing with it? And uh uh mm -hmm. You know, I think I think Rhodey just has a better moral compass than Tony. Yes, <laughs> he's very um, he's rational. He's more logical. I mean, for all of Tony's insight, he was still very hot headed and very capricious, right? Impulsive. And that's yeah, yeah, capricious. and very impulsive, yeah. very much like his father. So, okay, so we heard last week that there was um, a, a, an announcement that Captain America four is Hollywood Reporter um, um, said that, and they said that Malcolm Spellman, who is the showrunner for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is supposed to be co-writing it with Derek Kolstad, is that? No, not Derek Kolstad, sorry. One of the, the other writers, one of the, the other one, writers from Falcon the and the Winter Soldier. One, uh, I have to look up the name, but I think it's-, it's Yeah, I think they wrote episode five. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I can mm -hmm. look it up real quick. <laughs> but- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- um, they are definitely writing it, and uh, mm -hmm. I think I think people should just uh, um, not tone it down or or not get excited for it. But uh, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of a lot of times Marvel commissions scripts and they want to see where they're going to go and what would the idea oh. be. Uh, so the, yeah, Delon, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm mispronouncing it. Musan, D A L A N M U S S O N, could be Delon. So they're gonna. Okay, work. so they're looking to make this script. So what, okay, so let's They're gonna write wait. a script. They're gonna write a script, and my guess is Marvel already has an idea for this probably working out, but they haven't given it like the full green light. Like, we'll know mm -hmm. it's gonna move forward when they have a director that they announce. Okay, so here's two questions for you. So as far as that is, as far as Captain America, is, could it be, I mean, they've, they've already said that Sam Wilson is the new Captain America. Could it be that they're still holding out for Chris Evans to come back? Is that could that be what it is, or or could we see him in Captain America, uh, Captain America Four? Perhaps. What I 
what I said to Joanna Robinson on the show we host is when she was asking mm-hmm. at the beginning, like, do you think Steve Rogers will show up? Yeah. My feeling then and my feeling now is mm-hmm. the best thing Steve Rogers can can uh, uh, can give to the Falcon and Winter Soldier is his absence. I loved when you said that, and I and I agree with that. Yeah, like yeah, and also as much as I like that character, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we saw him again. But yeah. I don't. I think they just have to be very judicious in how they do that because I agree. We got a full arc with him, mm-hmm. and I am kind of curious, like what's going on in this alternate timeline? Like what, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if he's back in the 40s and he's living yeah. just his life could mm-hmm. he stop the assassination of uh, uh jfk king and jfk mm-hmm. yeah and uh absolutely malcolm x like maybe he can stop 9 11 like could he do what could he do with that power of knowledge yeah i mean but then you get into that whole time travel question of right if you begin stepping on butterflies what do you change in the future absolutely absolutely <laughs> can, yeah even perceive you know that's that whole uh ray bradbury sound of thunder theory you could go back in time and do one little thing and change everything in the future so right. you know that's maybe they could do that i'm kind of curious just where he is like what happens to him did you get the sense that he died because they were like well steve's not here anymore but he was just an old man at the beginning like they could go visit so, him so but i like, have a co- so i have a couple of theories about that okay so going back to Endgame, right okay so we saw the old steve rogers we, we saw that he had a wedding band. So it's it's intimated that it's, it's suggested that he is married, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when he gives Sam the shield, right? Here's the thing. If you're talking about time travel, because remember uh, the whole thing is he was going to go back in time and put each of the infinity stones back in the beginning of time where they were, right? And then I think the Hulk, uh, Bruce, just before he pressed the button, uh, somebody asked how long is it going to take? And he was like, for Steve, as long as it takes, but for us, it's only going to be five seconds, right? And then that's when Bruce said something about how he blew past the timestamp, right? Because they were waiting for him to come back. And then he was always sitting over there and he was old or whatever. The question is, we don't know which time Steve is from. Like, that could be like an old Steve from like 3035 or you know what I mean like I'm not sure like we're not is is that really a present day Steve or is that a Steve from the future who comes to the past you know what I mean and and then that final scene we do see Steve and Peggy dancing right so I'm guessing it's 1940 here's my thing I don't think Steve stayed I don't think he stayed knowing Steve yeah like for me like this idea of Steve saying like yes he said I wanted a taste of the life or whatever but the Steve Rogers at least the Steve Rogers that they presented to us in the MCU I don't feel like this is a man who would have just been like well I'm just gonna mow the grass and I'm just gonna let history you know just fly by like I didn't see and and the other reason why I don't believe that he would do that is because since he already knew that Peggy is going to found shield in the next few years I don't think that he would want to stand in the way of her ambition in order for her to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I no. feel like he wouldn't want to change that. Like, I'm not going to make you like but a housewife he, or, yeah. Would he be the mm-hmm. sort of background, just a background character? Like, I'm just going to lay low. Nobody's going to see me. Nobody's ever going to hear from me. Kind of like right. Dolly Parton's husband. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just, she's no. the hero. I'm just, I'm just taking care yeah. of the kids. Yeah. Dolly Parton's been married this whole time, like for decades. And nobody right. knows her husband. She's not out bringing him to the carpet. Like, uh, right. like uh, Meryl Gummer's husband, also known as Meryl Streep. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, oh, no? I know she has a husband. I, I, right. Yeah, but you don't even yeah. think it's like they, they don't bring that yeah. person that mm-hmm. their other half out and like yeah i think maybe he could just be like one of those husbands where because she does say this thing in the video in um in the museum mm-hmm. in uh winter soldier where she's like yes talk about that rescue he did and she's like mm-hmm. and save the man who would become my husband now is she meaning is that a double whatever not, not double on i know well people are saying people are saying that since she since steve did that time travel and end game that's that reality and that he branched off and created another one. although i still don't see steve doing that because i don't think he would be that irresponsible to create yeah. a whole but i don't know i mean yeah i think if we see him turn up i don't think it'll be in a captain america story because like i said okay. I absence is important in letting yeah. you know you don't want to show up back at the high school gym and be like well when i was a senior you know this is how we <laughs> love the tournament like let the next generation have their time and like sam is the next generation he's the new he's the new captain we don't need old captain america like hanging out because it's it would kind of disrupt the flow yeah i i agree with that well i had an idea i was like for captain america 4 what would be kind of cool i should call disney i should give him my script um i was like i was thinking (laughs) i was thinking for captain america 4 because i know again you guys talked to Nate more and they said they do have more plans for Isaiah Brad. I would love it if Isaiah could be a mentor of sorts to Sam during while he's making this journey of being the new Captain America and Isaiah would kind of keep him honest right because Isaiah is very skeptical of the government it's very skeptical and I think yep. you know Sam is just very optimistic and I think that's a good thing but I think you need some of that cynicism and I feel like Isaiah would kind of uh or skepticism yeah yeah I think he would his skepticism and his cynicism would just kind of you know keep Sam on the road I mean he's already a good man but I think like if there's certain missions that the government may want him to do Isaiah may be like "Mm, I don't know about this one maybe you know and maybe just throwing it out there I mean I know we know Isaiah is very old but he still has his powers who's to say by seeing Sam being Captain America, who's to say we don't see him suit up in Captain America? That would be awesome. We kept, I kept thinking because yeah. um, Carl Lumley doesn't look quite as old as he uh, is. Exactly. Up. Why would they age him? They've got plans uh, for him. I think that's of, why. Some of our <laughs> listeners on our show did send in and say, well, he is like in his mid-70s. So, you know. Yeah, but he doesn't look that old. He looks, he looks good. <laughs> but he doesn't have those bushy white eyebrows. Like, he doesn't have yeah. Like, he's, he's, and he's still physically, like, strong yes he's healthy and like mm-hmm. um so uh as opposed to you know other actors they get a little older and you you can mm. tell they can't move too much you know like, yeah because, yeah you know you get a little older and you end up sitting in the cockpit of the millennium falcon you know when you're <laughs> williams because right he, he i love him but he he just can't do that he's yeah he's, he's i mean i guess if they do something like if they give him a costume that has a mask on it and then of course there'll be like a, a stunt double, you know what I mean, or, or you know something, yeah. Face replacement, you know. Um, yeah. I remember on the, being on the set of uh, Winter Soldier, 
and mm -hmm. Anthony Mackie was shooting a scene where they had these they had a camera down low and these cranes yeah. with the wires and they were dropping him and it was him flying you know on screen right. and flying straight yeah. camera yeah but they created it by dropping him toward mm -hmm. the camera and they were like mm -hmm. Anthony we're gonna need you to not scream <laughs> That's oh no in terror. Well, now he's the new Captain America. He's got to get used to it. <laughs> he, he was like, it was so hard because you're just dropping 30 feet in the air. Face That's up. scary. You've got yeah. to put your arms back. And it's just your fit. He's like, I, it was just hard not to scream. And uh, <laughs> I get it. But uh, but I think, I think you know, if we see Steve again, I, I could see him popping up in like a, uh, mm. um, in a, uh, like the, the what if yeah <gasps> i am so looking forward to that series i am i saw the, the trailer for it and it looks incredible i love like just all um there's one episode where peggy carter becomes captain britain is that it where she gets the super serum yeah, yeah. i love that yeah and then the other one that that popped out to me was the one with t'challa where if t'challa became star lord where he was picked up by the ship and he became Oh, Star-Lord cool. is that. That's kind of cool. But I yeah. think like, you know, Isaiah, mm. I don't know if they're going to do anything with Isaiah on that, but like, maybe we need to see mm. Isaiah's story before we can say what if. Um, but I think, you know, I could see maybe in uh, the Loki series too, since that's about policing time and going back and, you know, that he's, yeah. with, uh, he's with this body that basically monitors time for disruptions. So. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so like they're almost like the, uh, I don't know, I don't know, almost like it sounds like the FCC, you know, like the yeah, <laughs> like uh, so they're saying so the the, the storyline is that like they yeah so basically Loki alerted them when he took the Tesseract and Endgame and disappeared. Remember, he disappeared into that yeah. cloud. Is that and so okay. So their then job, their job is to sort out basically to make sure that time doesn't unravel completely. And so they've got to go. And, and so then how do they feel? So then that same organization that we see in Loki, how do they feel about all that time traveling that the Avengers well, did in Endgame? That's why I mean, I could see, I could see uh, Steve turning up there where they're like, wait a second, we got to <gasps> all around. Yes, I see that. I can see that. I, I can see that. That would be inappropriate because yeah. that wouldn't disrupt Sam's story, you know. Or, I agree. Or, you know, maybe we do see him in an alternate mm. timeline. Mm -hmm. What happened with Isaiah, you know, to bring it back around to that. That kind of thing. I think that would be good. Because I know in the comic books, uh, clearly Steve was not aware of that exam, wasn't aware of that experimentation on the Black soldiers. Um, and in the comic books, he actually, I think Steve Rogers actually gave Isaiah his shield or something like that, like as a way to whatever. Although I do kind of like the way that they dealt with it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like when Sam tried to bring him the shield and he was like, no, don't bring that. Well, I about to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I felt like that was realistic, but yeah, I could, I could see, I could see Chris Evans probably showing up there. Like, yeah. Cause you went back in time and you know, whatever. So yeah, that, that would be interesting. So, okay. So we know from the Oscars last night, Chloe Zhao, who directed Nomad Land is uh, is a, a one best director, right? Um, and she's also the director of The Eternals, which is coming out. Is that later this year in uh, November or? Yes. Okay. So 
this is pretty interesting. I mean, because they, I mean, they hired her before all of this happened, right? She, she yeah. shot. So I think that's a really, I'm like, I was joking. I'm like, they're probably changing all the promos for the Eternals right now, like from Oscar-winning. an Oscar-winning director, which is great. I mean, and what it is, is like, she's an Oscar-winning director who's a woman who's also Asian. So it's like, it's not your usual, you know, white boy winning awards or whatever. So yeah. how, do, and so how does the Eternals sort of fit into the MCU? Because I know some people are not familiar with who they are. I think Eternals, uh, from everything I've been able to gather on this, is, mm-hmm. it's not so much going to fit into the MCU as it is going to be like a blanket over it. Because the Eternals oh. are, um, they are, as the title suggests, like kind of infinite. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to approach it in the movie. They always change the comic book mythology yeah. a little bit. But these are mm-hmm. sort of um, immortal beings. And so the movie itself might span thousands of years. And so, wow. so I think it's going to be one of those kinds of stories that it's like I said, it's not going to fit within between winter soldier and Ant-Man. Like it's going to, yeah, it's going it'll to be out of the realm. Yeah. It's going to be like this umbrella over it all. And mm-hmm. in that way, somewhat separate. And I okay. don't think, I think that's good because not everything Sometimes things can piece together too much and like you constantly feel like it's like reading an article online that's constantly telling you to go read other articles. Like Yes, <laughs> you know, that's like, what the MCU is like. If you yeah. watch this show, you gotta watch this movie and that movie. Yeah. So yeah. I think like it might be good for it just to be like this is a story of these sort of cosmic gods mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what they get up to. Okay. I'm sure it'll thread in in one way or another, but uh mm-hmm. no. I think it'll it'll feel my guess is it will feel much like Black Panther felt like it's it's a it's its own story it's got its own dramas and its own its own yeah. uh, network of people to keep track of and tribes with different mm-hmm. uh, different agendas and uh, I think you know that Eternals will probably be the same way is there might mm-hmm. be little threads here and there that connect to other aspects of uh, of the MCU but it it will mainly be a you know, an eternal story and not allow itself to be too distracted with setting up. Yeah, because I was thinking the same thing for like, I mean, I, I really like the uh, trailer for Shang-Chi. I, I, I'm, although I'm, I'm like, okay, so how are they going to connect it? I know he's based in San Francisco. So I'm like, maybe there'll be a connection to like Ant-Man or Jimmy Woo. I don't know. I'm not like, I was just trying to think like how they're. There was a, a short, remember when they were doing those short films? Um, mm-hmm. They did the one that was like Asian Carter that kind of that inspired. Yeah, the one shots. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did a. I think it was the last one shot that they did before they just stopped. Mm-hmm. Them was called All or Hail to the King or All Hail the King, something like that. And it was about yeah. um, the fake Mandarin. Um, yes. Um. Uh, what's the uh, that Sir Ben Kingsley played? Yes. 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 And, what, and basically, he's just this doofus in jail like who's just mm-hmm. an actor i was playing a part but he yeah. has there's a a hint that he has angered the real mandarin oh oh so that would be uh tony lao the um we yeah, see in the oh. i think that's right i'm not sure if they've confirmed but i think yeah it's pretty yeah. clear uh, interesting and that's a character that has a lot of problems 
in mm-hmm. comic book history. It was a it was a stereotype, and I think they got yeah. around the stereotype by saying we're not even going to embrace it. It's going to be a fake character. It's going to be a fake out in Iron Man three. I actually liked it. I'm in the minority of people that I was like, I did not need to see some awful Asian Who stereotype kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody. I kind of like that. I kind of like the story that he was just a front for these powerful evil white men. I'm like. That's that's way more realistic to me. Like, you know what I mean? So but I think um, but the Ten yeah. Rings are going to be a real organization. And at the end oh. of that short, that one shot, yeah. there's like something's happening, like that we're being attacked. And that's where it ended. And it was like, oh. it was basically implied that the Mandarin was real. The Ten Rings were real. And the mm-hmm. real guys were not happy that this guy is having a laugh. Pretending to be him. Oh, yeah. I like that. So, like you know, whatever they do with it, I think, I th- I'm sure that they've given some thought to being conscientious with it and hopefully it'll work, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that it'll, it'll do well. I keep thinking of, uh, you know, our, our dearly departed friend, Stan Lee, and some of the mm-hmm. stuff he used to write in Stan's soapbox in the comics. Have you ever seen that? Yes letter he wrote where somebody said why do you have to get so political in the comics why don't you just tell yes stories yeah and look i i can't remember exactly the date of that but i think it was either the early 70s or the late 60s and he just basically said like you know there are people out there marching against war and and marching on behalf of equality and and pushing Mm. back against this judgment we have on people based on their religion or their color of skin or uh what you know any aspect of their lives in which people suffer bigotry and prejudice and and these stories are mm-hmm. about pushing back against that and about heroism right. and bravery so yes we're going to be political and i think the mcu is is really embracing that you know they have the power they've mm-hmm. got 25 hit movies um Jesus. And they now yeah. begin saying all right let's let's explore what this means and mm-hmm. they did that i think with WandaVision, they explored power and grief mm-hmm. and, and the way stories shape the way we yeah. perceive our intentions. And mm-hmm. uh, and then with Falcon and Winter Soldier, they tackled like the legacy of history that we have to grapple with and whose shoulders we're sitting on. You know, there's that famous right. line, standing on the shoulders of giants. Well, who are you standing on? Did they want to be standing there where you're standing? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent yeah. questions. Excellent questions. Yeah. I so I, yeah. That's what Stan said we should do with this fiction is, you know, I, I remember interviewing mm. um, uh, 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 Kevin Feige about this, and right, he said mm-hmm. he met um, Stan right before he died, and Stan mm-hmm. was excited about the future, and and I think that's a good attitude to have as a comic book storyteller is be excited. I, I can imagine. I I was just trying to imagine. That, I think that's the thing with WandaVision and. There's no Stanley. Um, there's okay. no Stanley cameo. Oh my God! Yeah. I'm writing about Black Panther and interviewing Ryan Coogler, and he told mm-hmm. me this really beautiful story. It's one of my favorite pieces that I've ever written about Marvel. Mm-hmm. We got the job. Yeah. yeah. You know, because there was some debate like who was going to direct Black Panther. Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. was up for consideration mm-hmm. as well, and and uh, and Ryan got the job, and his mm-hmm. wife said, "Let's go to the comic." bookstore and they went to I think the store is called Dr. Comics and Mr. Games in Oakland it was his childhood comic book shop near his school Mm -hmm. and he told me when he was a kid he went into the comic shops and he wanted uh Bishop comics from Mm X-Men because he said point me to the black superheroes I want to read about (laughs) I believe it's Bishop right the X-Men yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He he had read an interview 
that Stan Lee gave where he said he wanted to talk about the civil rights movement and mutants were a civil rights metaphor, the way they mm -hmm. were judged, the way they were treated. And he said he liked that the idea that you could take something like that and explore it through fantastical storytelling. So he was like, I Absolutely. would go and buy those comics. And this time his wife took him to the same comic book shop years later when oh, he's wow. just on the precipice of making yeah. Black Panther. And she's like, let's go buy some Black Panther comics. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I just love that, that so idea. Cool. You know, a homecoming in a way, going back to your old old school comic shop and- uh, Yeah. And, uh, and then of course he made that movie that I thought was transformative, not just mm -hmm. for genre, but yeah. for the film industry in general. Right. And, uh, you know, I think with that in mind, where can't you go? And who can't mm -hmm. you take with you? Take everybody, yeah. go every place. And that's where they seem to be headed. And I'm, I'm all for it, you know? And yeah. I'm glad and, and that's what I was telling people. I was like, even if some people are like, it was weird because some people were saying that it didn't talk about race enough and that it was too heavy handed on race. So I was like, okay. Talking but, with soldier? Yeah. So there a lot of thoughts and feelings about talking with okay. your soldier. And I think they're all valid, but I was like, for me, I'm, I'm like, this is like really the first time that Marvel, the MCU, I mean, we have Black Panther that talks about blackness and the African diaspora, right? And then here with Falcon and Matisha, we're really talking about systemic racism, right? And and the, the history of that in the military and just being a black person in America. So I was just like, all right. I mean, but my thing is like, they have to start somewhere. I feel like the show, a show that they might make five, 10 years from now will be better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. At, at least people are complaining about how they talk about race. But I was like, but I feel like they have to take that first initial yeah. step. Like, I, I just don't feel that it would have been right if they had just gone from Endgame and then we just see Anthony Mackie with the shield. And it's like, I like that Marvel took that time where he was like, let's take a breath and let's think about how a black man would feel about being Captain America. I think that's realistic. That's yeah. The, that's what it's about. Storytelling is like, a, it's like a painting. You make the painting so that you can, not because you just need to recreate that landscape or that person, but because you want to see yeah. it in a new way or study it a little more deeply. And that's mm -hmm. what I think they're trying to do is they're just trying to examine it. And look, yeah. you, and it's like you say, you want to make sure that, that there's an own voices aspect to it. The, the people telling the story and doing that examination are the ones with the lived experience that has mm -hmm. the ability to process. You know, uh, right. as well-intentioned as you may be, if you don't have that lived experience, you can only go so far with it. You know, I think, mm -hmm. I believe that creators can tell stories about all kinds of different people, but there are some that just, you sh there's just some places you shouldn't tread that are too personal, that are too unique, with the lived experience. Mm -hmm. And um, right. and I think uh, you have to make sure that you're hiring those people to tell those stories. But even even yeah. so, then sometimes they can go wrong. You look at the reaction to, uh, to that uh, Amazon show, Them. Oh, them. Ooh. You know, and <laughs> People are mad at that show. Okay. I've only watched two episodes. I was like, I heard what happens in the fifth and I was like, I don't need that. I don't need those images in my head right now. That's, you know, but that being said, I'm not going to stop somebody from watching them. I'm like, whatever, you, however you feel about the movie. And, that, and that's mm -hmm. someone's expression, you know, that's, uh, yeah. that's their, that's, you know, what Lena Waithe wanted to say about the, uh, mm -hmm. her view on things. But, I, but I, it's not, I mentioned that one just because like not everyone is gonna, you, you mentioned that the, some disagreement about how Falcon and Winter Soldier approached it. 
I mean, I had mm. some issues there with John Walker and how his mm. resolved. Uh, yeah. I don't mind that he continues, but I I didn't think he deserved maybe the nice treatment he got at the end. And uh, oh, absolutely not. Again, I think that's them just wrapping yeah. things up or whatever. So but I think, okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think that you know I'm interested to see where they go, and I think they tried mm-hmm. with this to tell yeah something that matters. Right. So who do you think? Okay. So we know that with Marvel, right? Like from the start when they did Iron Man and going into Endgame, right? The whole plan was we knew the big bad was going to be Thanos, right? Thanos. So that was the big thing. We had to get to Infinity War. So the question is for phases four, five, and six, or let's say four, five, six, and seven, who do you think the big bad of this new era of the MCU will be? What's going to bring everybody collectively to be like, okay, this is the ultimate evil we have to fight? Yeah. It's a great question. There's no shortage of, mm. of bad guys out there. You could have mm-hmm. Galactus if you're going big. <gasps> Galactus. Well, they have Fantastic Four, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That if you're like, I think we'll find out who the big bad is. What did they mm-hmm. call this cycle of the first phases? They called it the Infinity Cycle, right? Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Like what, whatever this second cycle will be. It seems like they do us, you know, three phases mm-hmm. and then a conclusion, which I think is smart. I think it's smart to offer at least, a, I agree, you know, a page break. You know what I mean? Like when you're writing a story, mm-hmm. you're like, getting along. I'm going to yeah. put a couple headers in here, <laughs> help yeah. people along. Uh, right. I think we'll find out who that is at the end of the next phase because that's what they did with mm, phase, phase one. Yeah. Phase yeah. One. And then yeah. like, you'll start to you get your second act and then you get your third act, which is much more about building to that finale. Cause you can't, you can't draw it out so much. Like we find out now who the big bad is going to be 20 movies from now. Like, cause that's just not satisfying. <laughs> they're going to wait yeah. like probably seven or eight movies in. And then we'll right. figure out like, what's the bigger threat here? I'm sure they're thinking about it and they may mm-hmm. even have an idea, but I don't think we're going to yeah. find out till later. And they might decide to go small, you know? Hmm, might okay. become a thing of like, it's not some giant cosmic mm. uh, supernova type villain. Yeah. It might become like, uh, I could see them building toward another civil war type experience mm-hmm. where, uh, where the big bad is, you're not sure which side you're on. That would be an interesting second cycle you know right yeah because we're kind of seeing like the the lines are being smudged right like bad what we think is bad is good and the people we think is bad are good and and also i think with the introduction i think what amps that up is the introduction of the scrolls right because you have this alien race that can pretend to be anybody right because one of the theories of uh the the ending of uh falcon and winter soldier when you see sharon walk away from, you know, she gets that whole part and everything. She sort of has like a little smirk on her face. And so people are like, maybe she's a scroll. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so that kind of changes it, right? Because the same thing with Far From Home, the whole time when we thought that was Nick Fury, it wasn't. It was a scroll that was interacting with Peter and he was up in the sky. So yeah, that that would be really, that, that that's going to be interesting to me because now you're going to kind of, see people do things you're not going to know is that really them is it you know what i mean so are you who yeah. you say you are are you, you know, are you that, say, yeah but that's also a big question that we grapple with in everyday life 
Mm-hmm. Are you who you say you are? You know, there's so much yeah. out there. People, um, uh, do you basically do you walk the walk? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you, do you live up to what you say you believe. And uh, you know, in our own political climate, we've all lost people that right. we care about, friends or relatives. Mm-hmm. And you realize you believe things that I just cannot sit with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't mm-hmm. look past. And I think. Yeah. But the interesting thing is the scrolls in the movie universe are not bad people. They're actually They're not. They're not. What we've seen are yeah, pretty well intentioned and they have an agenda sometimes, but it's right. It's not that they're here. I know some people had issues with that when the Captain Marvel movie came out, but I yeah. feel like I think I feel like the filmmakers were trying to make a story like the aliens were sort of like a stand-in. Like I felt like the storyline was really a metaphor about immigration, right? And how we treat people who look differently than us. So I actually didn't mind that. Yeah, yeah. So the Crees, no, the Crees were the villains in Captain Marvel, right? More yeah, the Crees, right? Well, some of them were because some of them were on her mm. team. But yeah, Crees, yes. the the, the um, Jude Law character was a Cree. And- mm-hmm. The Kree right. with the villain in the Guardians of the Galaxy. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's gonna be. I have a feeling Luke, uh, Jude Law is gonna be back because I think the ending she just put him in the ship and sent him back, right? Like yeah, yeah. to his universe. I think she pre-programmed the ship to send him back. I don't think we'll see the, the some of the villains that I feel that we'll probably see make a comeback. I think Jude Law will come back. I would really love Kate Blanchett to come back as 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 um what was her name? Uh Hella, Hella, right? She was great. I'm like, you can't kill her off. She's too great. You gotta bring her back. I don't know if you know in the new Thor movies or just a general, just a generalized villain. She's she was just great in that role. I would love to see her come back. I'd love to see her too. But one of the things yeah. that I admire about Marvel is that they play rough with their toys because they're not keeping them in the <laughs> You know, like, we're gonna have Hela and she's gonna destroy Asgard. So we're not Yes. <laughs> and it's liberating in a way. Yeah. You know, it's it's mm. it's it frees you because you don't have to worry so much about keeping it's not like a, C, a TV series where, you know, in the old mm. days you have 24 episodes of a TV series and we've got to keep all the favorite characters together so nothing bad can you can't ever lose any of them. And then when yeah. you know television began to change and audience tastes changed, it was like actually, well, maybe it's more interesting if anybody could go at any time. And that's where you get shows like The Walking Dead that like you never Woo! know. Who's last, you know it, that show is so. Uh, the Walking Dead, Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy loves killing off their characters. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Marvel, Marvel killed Tony Stark, and I think they sure I, did. I think he'll be back if they can put together the piggy bank to recruit RDJ bank. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, I, uh, I do. I had I had this crazy idea. Like the I I have too much time on my hands. I had this crazy idea. Like okay, so we knew that Tony died because he used the Infinity Stones or whatever. But I was like, but suppose I'm just I'm just spitballing out here. I was like, suppose he's not really dead, right? Like maybe his spirit is like in the stones or something. Like I felt like. This is my crazy idea. What if you did something like an Infinity Watch, right? Where it's like Tony, Gamora, Black Widow, like, cause all of them died in Vomer, right? And I don't think, I don't think, I think their souls are somewhere. Why the body died, I think their spirits are there, right? Cause we saw, uh, what was his name? Red Skull, right? Like he was just 
floating around there or whatever. Yeah. So I, mean, I always thought saying. Red Skull was coming back because he didn't die. Mm-hmm. He just got like he like right like, <laughs> like, like And I was and like, they didn't explain not- what he was doing on Vormir. They didn't explain that, did they? Like what he why he was there? I didn't. I, I think this well the Infinity Stone the. Uh-huh. the Space stone, the tesseract. It kind of oh. just, it zapped him into space, and you didn't really know. Got it. But I, I have to okay. assume he relieved somebody's shift. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going like, to Oh, I get, too. I get the clock out. Like I, uh, I've been keeping watch <laughs> over the soul stone for millennia, but I get to. Go. Maybe Tony, maybe maybe Tony will be the new keeper. They'll get one of the characters because. It, it's kind of messed up. Like you don't tell people, like, oh, in order for you to get the stone, you gotta sacrifice somebody. Like I love how people go on the planet. You don't know until you get there, and it's like, that's yeah. But um, then there's the theory that if if Captain America re- returns the stone, mm-hmm. does he get uh, does Black Widow come back to life? Does Natasha because. He's trading the stone. That's back. right. Because like, remember, it, yeah, because in Endgame, they when when they came back from the mission, they were like, Thor was like, well, we should just go back. And Hawkeye was like, no. He was like, if we go back and try to get the stone now, it's just gonna mess up, it's gonna undo everything that we did, or something like that. Like basically they said they couldn't go back for her. Yeah, I don't think Scarlett Johansson is done with Black Widow too. Like I'm looking at them and I'm just like, like their careers are okay, but I don't think it's gonna be like on the level. Like, like if you look at Robert Downey Jr.'s career post Iron Man, I mean, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's all right. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is doing okay. Extraction did well on Netflix or whatever, and they're doing a sequel. But like, those roles are like make them international stars, you know? So, yeah. All righty. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. <laughs> I love talking to you. And I'm um, just thank you. to do it with an audience now. That's the nice thing. Is- I know. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Um, and thank you, listeners, watchers, for another episode of the Spectrum Lounge. I'll see you on the other side.